Welcome back listeners to the new episode of Talking Climate Change with Yash Negi. In this episode we will talk about the Arctic. Let us begin. The Arctic is another most region of Earth. Most scientists define the Arctic as the area within the Arctic Circle, a line of latitude about 66.5 degree north of the equator. Within this circle are the Arctic Ocean Basin and the northern parts of Scan, Dinavia, Russia, Canada, Greenland and the United States of Alaska. The Arctic is almost entirely covered by water, much of it frozen. Some frozen features such as glaciers and icebergs are frozen freshwater. In fact, the glaciers and icebergs in the Arctic make up about 20% of the Earth's supply of freshwater. Most of the Arctic, however, is a liquid salt water of the Arctic Ocean Basin. Some parts of the ocean surface remain frozen all or most of the year. This frozen sea water is called sea ice. Often sea ice is covered with a thick blanket of snow. Sea ice helps determine Earth's climate. Sea ice has a very bright surface or albedo. This albedo means about 80% of sunlight that strikes sea surface is reflected back to space. The dark surface of the liquid ocean, however, absorbs about 90% of solar radiation. Due to thermohaline circulation, the Arctic's thick reflective sea ice moderates ocean temperatures around the world. The Arctic experiences the extreme of solar radiation. During the Northern Hemisphere's winter months, the Arctic is one of the coldest and darkest places on Earth. Following sunset on the September equinox, the Earth's tidal axis and its revolution around the sun reduce the light and heat reaching the Arctic until no sunlight penetrates the darkness at all. The sun rises again during the March equinox and increases the light and heat reaching the Arctic. By the June solstice, the Arctic experiences 24-hour sunshine. So, how is the life in the Arctic? If I talk about marine ecosystem, the Arctic Ocean Basin is the shallowest of the five ocean bases on Earth. It is also the least salty due to low evaporation and huge influxes of fresh water from the rivers and glaciers. River mouths, calving glaciers and constantly moving ocean currents contribute to a vibrant marine ecosystem in the Arctic. The cold circulating water is rich in nutrients as well as the microscopic organisms such as phytoplankton and algae that need them to grow. Marine ecosystems thrive in the Arctic. Primary consumers such as jellies and shrimp consume plankton, the basis of the Arctic marine food web. Secondary consumers include fish, seabirds such as skulls and puffins and a wide variety of baleen whales including giant blue whales and bowhead whales. Tertiary consumers, animals that prey mostly on other carnivores include toothed whales and dolphins such as orcas and narwhals and pinnipeds such as seals, sea lions and walrus, scavengers including some sharks and crabs and decomposers such as marine worms and algae break down dead and decaying materials. Organic nutrients are thus recycled in the marine ecosystem of the Arctic. Terrestrial Ecosystem The varied landscape of the Arctic provides for a variety of ecosystems. The Arctic includes the peaks of the Brooks mountain range in the western North America, the enormous Greenland ice sheet, the isolated islands of the Savalbard Archipelago, the F. Jords of northern Scandinavia, and grassland plateaus and rich river valleys of northern Siberia. Although some forests lie near the Arctic Circle, plant life is mostly limited to grasses, sedges, and tundra vegetation such as mosses and lichens. 
these autotrophs have the ability to survive despite being covered in snow and ice for much of the year. Insects such as mosquitoes and moths are common especially as ice melt creates ponds during spring and summer. Insects and insect larvae provide a crucial diet for birds such as wrens and sandpipers and freshwater fish. Primary consumer across the region range from tiny lemmings to enormous muscosin. One of the most familiar arctic herbivores is the caribou often known as the reindeer in Europe and Asia. Secondary consumer include arctic foxes and raptors such as owls and eagles. The polar bear, the iconic apex predator of the arctic is equally able to hunt on land and around ice flows. Like the polar bear, many other animals of the arctic are white. Beluga whales, snowy owls, juvenilier harp shields. This coloring helps camouflage them in heavy snow and ice. Many arctic animals even change their coloration seasonally. Species of arctic fox and the arctic hare, for example, are snowy white in winter but molt and grow a brownish or grayish fur coat during the summer months. Summer months, even fluffy white baby seals will ultimately grow up to a dark brown, better to blend in with the dark arctic ocean water instead of blinding white ice flow. This was all about life in Arctic. Let us talk about people in the Arctic. Indigenous cultures. People established communities and cultures in the Arctic thousands of years ago and continue to thrive today. They have all developed smart, innovative ways to adapt to the unique challenges posed by the region's severe climate. Housing or other shelter, for example, possesses unusual challenges for Arctic peoples. Thick blankets of seasonal snow and lack of abundant trees for lumber historically limited the development of food or stone structures common in sub-Arctic climates. Inuit bands in Canada and Greenland, for example, engineered snow houses, more commonly known as igloos. So igloos were circular structures made of stacked ice, often sea ice, insulated with snow. The rectangular blocks were stacked in tight spiral pattern, giving the igloo a domed shape. Igloos could have hold as few as two and as many as 20 people. Igloos were just one type of in Inuit dwelling. Inuit communities also built tents with poles crafted from driftwood and whale bones or ballen. Animals hide covered these poles and snow provided excellent insulation. The historically nomadic, nomadic, semi and indigenous people of Scandinavia and northwestern Russia also built temporary tent-like structures called lavu, L-A-V-V-U. Instead of relying on the driftwood, however, Samai communities had access to the rich taiga or boreal forests of the European subarctic. More permanent Sami structures included storehouses where foods, textiles and other valuables could be stored for later use or trade. These storehouses which resemble log cabins are notable for being elevated on stilts, centimeters or even meters from the ground. Elevation protected the valuables from excess rod due to snow or water seeping into the storehouse as well as vermin such as meese or rats. Today, Arctic cultures such as Inuit and Sami S-A-M-I, S-A-M-I, have access to high quality building materials and sophisticated structure engineering plans. Still buildings throughout the Arctic are reliant on efficient insulation and weatherization. What exactly is weatherization? Weatherization is a process of protecting a dwelling from extreme temperature changes, precipitation and wind. Challenges of indigenous cultures, rights to land and natural resources are an important part of contemporary culture and survival of indigenous people in the Arctic. 
indigenous arctic communities face tremendous challenges often the result of colonization and exploitation of land and energy resources for hundreds of years for instance european and asian explorers interacted with the inuit communities in the canadian arctic searching for the north pole and the elusive northwest passage the northwest passage is a sea route connecting the north pacific and the north atlantic ocean basins increased contact with europeans and the european americans often came with conflict Inuit social structure schools and language were replaced with western traditions starting in the late 20th century regional national and international organization increasingly recognized the political and cultural sovereignty of arctic peoples rights to land and natural resources are an important part of the sovereignty an agreement between the government of canada and inuit bands for instance ultimately resulted in the creation of the territory of nunavut in 1999 Nunavut, Canada's largest territory, stretches far into the central Canadian Arctic. More than half the population of Nunavut identifies as Inuit, and Inukituut is the most spoken language. So the spelling of that is I N U K T I T U T. Inukituut. It is the most spoken language. Let's talk about exploration. European and Asian exploration of the Arctic began with the Viking settlement of the northern Scandinavia and Iceland in the 900s. In the 900s, Russian explorers navigated the northern sea route of the North East Passage and the Siberian Arctic, eventually crossing the Bering Strait in the 1600s. The pursuit of Northwest Passage, which would save untold time and money. in trade between europe and asia drove arctic explorations during the age of discovery explorers such as john cabot martin frobisher and henry hudson all failed to find an open water route the northwest passage was not completely navigated until 1906 when legendary norwegian explorer roald amundsen and his crew made the voyage from greenland to alaska shifting sea ice and made the trip hazardous it took about 3 years and required a relatively small ship a converted fishing vessel let us discuss about resources in the arctic the arctic has enormous deposits of oil and natural gas in alaska many oil companies work with indigenous group known as native corporation to drill and export millions of barrels of oil every year Alaska's north slope contains 6% of the largest oil fields in the United States and one of the 100 largest natural gas fields. Engineers and geographers estimate that oil and gas deposits in the Arctic make up to 13% of the world's undiscovered petroleum resources and 30% of the undiscovered natural gas resources. The Arctic is also rich in minerals such as nickel and copper ore. Mineral resources also include gemstones and rare earth elements which are used in batteries, magnets and scanners. Some of these mineral deposits are underground while others are buried beneath the Arctic Ocean. Mines and drilling operations are often dependent on the weather. In the winter machinery can freeze and the frozen ground becomes too hard to drill. In warmer weather the Arctic permafrost can thaw and machinery can become unstable and damage the environment. Almost all Arctic nations are scrambling to assert authority over the rich resources of the Arctic. This diplomatic conflict has been nicknamed the New Cold War or simply the Race of the Arctic. The exclusive economic zones of Russia, Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, Canada and the United States extend to 200 nautical miles of their coast. A country can explore and exploit all resources within its exclusive economic zone which is known as double EZ. 
However, some Arctic nations are claiming territory on their continental shelves, not just their coastline. Russia, Greenland, Denmark, and Canada, for instance, all claim the Lomonosov Ridge. The Lomonosov Ridge is an undersea mountain chain that stretches from the Canadian Arctic through the North Pole all the way to the waters of Siberia. So this was about information about the Arctic and let us talk about changing climate in the Arctic. Climate change is radically redefining the geography, biodiversity and political units of the Arctic. The extent of sea ice in the Arctic is shrinking. The 21st century has marked record lows in both the winter maximum and summer minimum extent of sea ice. Most climatologists estimate that by year 2100, most Arctic sea ice will melt every summer. The twilight of the Arctic sea would devastate many habitats. The plight of polar bears, for example, has become a symbol of global warming in the Arctic due to the cascading impacts of sea ice loss. Without sea ice, polar bears cannot catch enough seals to survive their annual winter fast, which results in destroying of ecosystem. Polar bears that do survive are less likely to produce healthy offspring, reducing the population over generation. Scarcer food sources also drive polar bear into more contact with human populations, often relying on trash heaps for nutrition. This food sources impacts the health of polar bear and increases the incidence of conflict with human communities in the Arctic. The species range of the polar bear is also altered by the climate change. Logic might indicate that polar bears would migrate further north as the tra traditional range heats up. Current scaring sea ice south, however, as it breaks up. Polar bears follow the sea habitat and so their range has actually drifted south. This has brought polar bears into even close contact with the human population as well as prey species th th that have not adopted to the bear's predatory behavior. The increasingly shrinking Arctic Sea provides clear shipping routes for trade and travel. The Northwest Passage is still the most lucrative shipping lane in the Arctic. E experts estimate that shipping time may be cut by 40% if the Northwest and the Northeast Passages were ice-free all year. These deep water shipping lanes also allow for larger, heavier ships than the Panama Canal, which would increase trade and profit even further. The tourism industry could also benefit from shrinking sea ice. In 2016, a luxury cruise ship traveled through the Northwest Passage for the first time. The ship filled with more than 1,500 tourists made the journey in the th three weeks of time. So this episode was all about Arctic. I hope you liked the episode of about Arctic and any suggestions are welcome to the email ID given in the description. Do follow me on Twitter on daily climate change news. Thank you for your time. It really means a lot to me and I will catch you guys up in the next episode of Talking Climate Change with Yash Negi. Thank you.